This is Dr. Justin Moody from the Dennis Implants and Worms podcast and owner of Implant Pathways. You are listening to hashtag P-O-D, Podcasts of Dentistry. Dentistry.com slash squadcast. I believe everyone has a story to tell. And if you want to start a podcast to tell your story, the easiest way to start one is Squadcast. No special hardwares, no special softwares needed for you or your guests. You simply start podcasting using any laptop or desktop or Android phone and even a Chromebook in a browser like Chrome, Firefox, Opera, brave so you may ask how did you do it well it's simple as a host you simply schedule an interview on your dashboard share that particular link to the guest and hit record to get studio quality audio done no signups needed by your guests no special mics needed by anyone and still get studio quality audio there can be up to four people at one time including the host you can even see the video of your guests. Connect any earphone or headphones with mic and you're golden. When you're done, simply stop recording and everything with separate tracks is automatically uploaded on your dashboard, ready to download in no time. Most of the basic audio editing is also automatically done when you download. Do I not make any sense? Well. They do have demo videos on their website to show you exactly how it is done. I did use the support and they have best in the class support. They are so confident in their services that they have even compared their services with other competitors. Another thing that gives me peace of mind is redundancy. That means that even if there is some error, you can still get the backup of all the recordings sent to you in your email through your dashboard. So, if you really like the idea of starting your own podcast, podcastofdentistry.com slash squadcast. The subscription starts only at $10 per month. You can cancel anytime through your account without making any calls or any change of emails. Super easy. Once again, to support this show, simply go to podcastofdentistry.com slash squadcast. Give it a try. Thank you for tuning in to Hashtag POD, Podcasts of Dentistry. This is session number 21, and all notes of the podcast can be accessed at podcastofdentistry.com slash session21. Today, I have Dr. Stephen Morty. Everybody knows Dr. Stephen Morty. He's a funny guy. I actually call him Dr. Witty Morty. Dr. Morty has what I call as recession-proof common-sense practice. In this podcast, we talk all about his successful practice model in detail. This practice model is not for everybody, but it certainly is one of the most successful models of practicing dentistry. Here's the story and philosophy of how he runs such a practice. Dr. Marty is almost like a rebel, and he proves that by sharing so many funny stories. Dr. Marty shares some of the previous funny stories while growing up or in the dental school. 
he shares a great deal of his funny quips throughout the podcast. We really had a lot of fun. We even talked about having a dental roast someday. I know who I would invite to be roasted, but let's leave that for another podcast. He's one of the outspoken dentists, and he contends that dentists should actually use a lot of common sense to solve the common problems. On the personal front, he's very vocal about his divorce, mistakes he did, and what fellow dentists should keep in mind before getting hitched or even after. He shares all the practical advice not only for dentistry but also for personal situations like divorce, common life situations, and so on. He encourages to have faith if you're going through any of it and really want you to come out of it. He certainly talks about his book with Dr. Emily Lettron, session number 19. The book is called as No Nonsense Dentistry. He's the fun part of the book, but I have to agree that there, there is some truth to it too. Behind that truth is a little sarcasm. I have to agree that with all the fun and inspiration, this has become one of the classic episodes. And of course, we talk about all Tim Ferriss inspired questions. I'm sure you will enjoy this podcast as much as I did. So without further ado, Dr. Maury at session number 21. Please subscribe to us at podcastofdentistry.com slash subscribe. <laughs> I've only done a few of these. Oh, that's how you start, right? But mm-hmm. uh, I'm just hoping, uh, I kind of teased my um, uh, group, uh, the Podcast of Dentistry group on Facebook, where you are there too, that uh, a new uh, podcast is coming up soon. And hint, hint, it's Stephen Mortner. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> so um, uh, I was uh, talking to one of my assistants uh, who's moved to Florida, like, I don't know, five years ago. And right. she said, uh, Dr. Pangs, you should move to Florida. I said, why? I said, so that I can assist you. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Yeah. And, uh, and I said, you don't have to butter <laughs> They just allowed assistants now to, to do the uh, finish the fillings, but they have to have a special course and certification. But they just they made that legal. Really? So, yeah, I'm, I I don't know if I would let them do that, but you know, it's nice to know they can do it. You know. Well, I think uh, that's what happened in Pennsylvania. They they still have it, what we call as after expanded functional dental assistant. Um, so my assistant, she also went when I was in Pennsylvania, went to a course, and. You know, I made her take excess after each filling, you know, uh, so, right. that she, so that she understands how is it done. And, you know, I'm going to be strict with them. And then right. once you're strict with them for six months, you know, or three months, maybe, you know, uh, at least they can do occlusals for you or MO, you know, simpler MODs. Uh, it just makes your life making temps, um, you know, uh, adjusting occlusion. Yeah, you know. I couldn't uh, function without them. You know, I mean, there's no way because... The way I work, if I had to do the temps and the cord and the impression and all that stuff myself, forget it. It would take forever. You know? So, so no how, does it, how does it work in your office then? Well, like I prep the tooth and then pretty much I walk away. And I mean, sometimes I help with the impression if it's a big case, but uh, I let them pack the cord, make the temp, and they do the impression. Oh, they do so, the impressions themselves? Yeah, I mean, I, I check them and, uh, you know, like I mean, sometimes I, I quickly come in the room when they place it, but I mean, they do pretty much do it themselves. Got it. Got it. So, hmm, interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah, because, um, uh, so you're, uh, 
Uh, are you uh, enjoying your day off? Is that what it is? Yeah, I'm off. Uh, I've been off since, uh, let's see, December 20th, actually. Oh, nice. Did you? Yeah, even, I, always like... take last, I always take this time of the year off. It's, I like uh, being off. I, I remember as a kid when I was in school, <laughs> we were always so off. And, and then no one wants to go to the dentist during the holidays. That's true. Right. Unless it's like a toothache. So I, I, I always take this time of the year off. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, isn't that a joke that you cracked online? saying that oh i can take the rest of the rest of the year off because i made yeah. <laughs> and some guy did not understand the joke uh and it was actually on the 30th of december that you posted you know you've been gritty yeah. there i'm like oh uh, ma- actually that was uh i have to give credit to uh, elizabeth my girlfriend for that we were sitting there uh, on the beach yeah and all of a sudden she just looked at me she goes you know what i just realized i i have enough money to to, to not work the rest of the year and i <laughs> forgot that so uh yeah Oh. Yeah, well, a couple of people didn't get it, but uh, most got it, you know. Yeah, yeah. It is kind of funny, right? I mean, you you have enough money to last the rest of the year, a few hours. <laughs> no, I like that joke. And and I was actually smiling at that joke. Uh, I mean, I understood it right away. But somehow, you know, we just lose the track of time and somebody didn't really see, you know, we are already on 30th because we're just going round and round just like uh, uh, on the hamster wheel and forget the day yeah. and the time. Yeah, yeah. So, the, that one girl, I think she she like s- explained it to herself in her post. She goes, "Oh, I get it. The, the year's <laughs> almost." Remember that one? Uh, she had this lengthy post explaining it. She goes, yeah. "Oh, well, yeah, I. The year's almost over." And then, yeah, yeah, she, I remember that. I read that too. Right? <laughs> yeah, man, that's how a typical dentist thinks. They turn a simple thing into this complicated thing. You know, everything right. is so complicated. Right. You know, that, I mean, half, most of these questions you see online are. They're common sense, self-explanatory. You don't even need advice on that. Exactly. Uh, when when I hired my new assistant uh, almost a year ago, I said, "Listen, dentistry is not hard. Doing the dentistry repeatedly in the same fashion, such that it doesn't really uh, cause trouble later, is hard. Doing the same thing over and over in a perfect. So it's more common sense, as you said. Right. So uh, uh, I think uh, since we are on the funny topics, anyways, so. Let's start with something uh, which everybody enjoys, uh, you know, comedy. You know, I call I started calling you Witty Marty, remember? And yeah. uh, uh, for me, your phone number is still saved as Witty Marty <laughs> on my my phone. Um, huh. So, uh, so let's talk about your learn uh, like thought process. Uh, how are you able to make uh, these jokes? I mean, I were you always like that? Did you, you know? Did you develop this sense of humor, of sarcasm, and everything? Well, you, you got to remember, I, I grew up, I'm Jewish. I grew up in a Brooklyn household in the New York City. Mm-hmm. So that growing up in New York City, especially Brooklyn, you're automatically have to have a sense of humor because the place <laughs> is crazy. Yeah. And then I always, as a kid, I always loved comedy. Okay. And uh, I used to watch comedy every night before I went to sleep. I used to watch Johnny Carson. I used to watch... Um, like shows like The Odd Couple, yeah, uh, Old Family, Jeffersons, yeah, uh, or Seinfeld and Cheers, all those shows. And I love, I always loved comedians since I was a kid. Sure. And then my friends, I always had funny friends. Right. You know, you know, it's not just me. If you if you hung out with my friends, all my friends are just like me. I always made fun of people. Yeah. Made fun of each other. <laughs> you know, my my father was a little sarcastic. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. So, you know, I grew up in that type of environment. So we, that's why we're not sensitive, because 
not only did we make fun of others, but we made fun of ourselves. I got made fun of brutally by my friends, but I didn't cry and yeah, yeah, crawl to a, a fetal position. I laughed <laughs> and I gave it back to them. Yeah, yeah, you know? I think that's how it should be. That's how you it know, should I be. You know, I thought at the risk of offending half your audience, like that's it's kind of like the way Trump is. If yeah. you look at the way Trump talks, yeah, all of us talk like that from New York. We're all like that. Oh, we yeah. have nicknames for each other. We make fun of each other, you know, okay, but so, we're basically nice people that really wouldn't do any harm to you. It's just uh, words. It's yeah, it's just, just words. words. Yeah, I think yeah, uh, so that's how I, uh, I got my sense of humor, just from liking comedy and growing up in New York. And, you know, and Jews happen to be very sarcastic and and um, yeah, we're all, when we're among ourselves, we're politically incorrect. Also, we have names for everything, you know, <laughs> so, so that's do you want to. You, uh, what's your nickname among, among your friends, if you want to? Marty, Marty. My friends okay. gave me that nickname. Yeah, Marty. Okay. Yeah. So when I was a kid, like yeah. 12, 15. <laughs> so basically, right. you, were, uh, you were always surrounded by comedy, and that's kind of uh, kind of t- taught you, you know, you know, uh, not that you were planning to, but you just learned it, and, um, and you know, it kind of became your second nature, right? Uh, yeah. Plus, a natural... My, my, a natural my natural reaction uh, when I hear someone saying something stupid is uh, I roll my eyes and I go, oh, God. You know, like, <laughs> I remember a dental school orientation was like that. You know, yeah. it was hysterical. Right away, I said, oh, my God, I got to sit through this. And <laughs> me and my friends were looking at each other laughing, you know. <laughs> so, did, you, did you really get into trouble with, you know, uh, because of you being sarcastic and uh, in the school or in your high school or something like that? Not really, because I, uh, I kept a, a low profile. You know, okay. like I never really, uh, I tried to avoid interacting with the teachers as much as I could. <laughs> you know, one time in high school, we had this uh, like replica of the high school in the, in the front lobby, yeah. like a beautiful model. Yeah. And someone in my class uh, stole it and put it in the trunk of his car. So they accused mm. me of doing it, but I didn't do it. Uh, you know? okay. I get it. I know who did it, but I, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. He returned it. And then in dental school, I never really got in trouble. I, I graduated late because yeah. I, I didn't take it seriously, but I didn't never really got in trouble. Okay. Got it. So one time I got thrown out of a preclinical uh, uh, fix lab because I came uh, in without a collared shirt. You had to wear a collared shirt. What? Okay. So, uh, <laughs> so the instructor threw me out, but I lived around the corner anyway. You know, yeah. it wasn't... It wasn't like I, I I live far away, so I came right back. Nice. <laughs> but I didn't get in trouble. I, I, you know, because I, 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 I kept a low profile. But uh, I think uh, you you got into trouble with uh, Dental Town, right? They kicked you out. <laughs> what yeah, happened there? Because I don't understand. Well, first of all, it was I you know I was always I pretty much was on Dental Town like I am on Facebook, and right. So I started doing a daily uh, uh, like review of. Uh, the, the dumb things on dental town. Like uh-huh. I would take a few, you know, posts and make my own response. So yeah. it became popular. Yeah. And then Howard Goldstein, uh, you know, didn't either. He, you know, he found it was too work, too much work to moderate it. So he said, how about we put you on a separate part of the dental town? You could still say whatever you want, okay. but it'll be like off to the side. So it, the, the way, but basically he was hiding me, you know, yeah. cause it, it was very hard to find it. Mm. So, while they were in the process of doing that on their mobile app, I was still on the main boards getting like the main exposure. So I happened to announce it. 
on the mobile app. I said, hey, fans, if you want to see me, I'm still on the main pages on the on the on the mobile app. So for some reason, that got Hogo's uh, panties all in, in an uproar. And <laughs> so that's it. I've had it with you. You're you're banned forever. Oh, wow. Yeah. I saw the picture on Facebook where it says you're trying to log in. And it says you're banned <laughs> yeah, isn't that ridiculous? I think dentists are, are the biggest babies. You know, they I, I never saw anything like it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't you know how do they cope with life? You know, no, you know, it's it, they're they're worse than the seven year olds. <laughs> so uh it seems like um uh, but I think it's also because, you know, how you grew up. Like you were in New York. Come on. New York is brutal in its own way. So you learn, you adapt, you move ahead, you know, you're I think you have a sense of humor and if you listen to, for example, I don't know, Lisa Lampanelli or somebody like that. I love her. I love yeah, her. She, you know, she is so good. Uh, you know, Seinfeld is great. Don't get me wrong. He's awesome. He's uh, he's sarcastic in his own way, but he's a so- social stigma, dogma. He just tries to find out and, you know, make it great. Uh, but Lisa Lampanelli, she's just outright, uh, how do I say this? Uh, bad. If I see it, yeah, I love of... like I love those roasts on comedy. Oh Central. yeah, roasts are awesome. You man. Know, that's my true personality. Those roasts. Yeah, I think I think this is what we should do. We should bring you in and roast somebody. Um, I don't know, somebody uh, on Deltown or. <laughs> yeah, that would be an awesome thing to have a, a like a, a Zoom or a or a podcast of like just a dental roast. You know, dental you roast guys. Yeah, I think so great. And you, just, <laughs> you just roast them. That yeah. would be awesome. That would be an. Awesome and last I, I love those roasts and i love lisa lampanelli is really fantastic yeah she yeah because she is brutally honest and it's funny and she's funny. funny i don't know i didn't like her after she lost weight i think she lost her sense of humor too a little bit but uh you know when she was as people say fat bitch as she used to say herself you yeah. know <laughs> um yeah uh, uh thinking of this hypothetical roast i would try to bring uh, obviously you and uh, dr lance timmerman He's great. He's got a funny sense yeah, of humor. Yeah, he's, he's good. He's good. He's, he's good. And who else? Uh, maybe, um, oh, certainly, Dr. Moody. Yeah, he's yeah, a funny guy. All the heads of the groups that I'm on, like you got Doc Hoffpower on the business of dentistry, Sonny Pahuha yeah. on the investment group, Paul yeah. Goodman yeah. on Nachos. Nachos, right. Uh, right. Who else? Um, those three for sure. Oh, that other guy, Josh Brower. I haven't seen his group around in a while. It's a help first, profit second. He's very sensitive. Yeah. He'd be perfect to roast. <laughs> you know? Well, the more sensitive you are, the, the funnier <laughs> it is. You know? Yeah, I think we should, uh, you know, we all should uh, come together and, you know, uh, try to try to make a big roast of it. And it'll be fun. I think we should aim in for the next three months or so. You know, maybe. Yeah, and some of the uh, dentists with the dumbest ideas, like, so to start off the year, there were two dentists that had the worst <laughs> ideas right from the start. I mean, I'm, I'm writing a blog post about it this weekend. I mean, uh, one of them uh, wanted to charge their uh, patients a credit card fee, you know, pass it on to the patients. Which oh, is yeah, I remember a that. Terrible idea. And then this other one wants to have a four-hour uh, office meeting, like to start the year, to get everyone on the page and she, uh, the same page and <laughs> the philosophy. And, and she's doing well. You know, sure. when she told me her numbers, I, I was, uh, you know, she's doing really well. She doesn't need to have any office meeting. Just get to work. Well, people, you know? maybe they want to go to the next level, man. You know. Um, what is the next level? I mean, I, uh, you know, I mean, I know the next level is like you, you take your practice to a certain level. You have like your work in there. Maybe you have an associate or two, some specialists. And then you, 
the next level is, I guess, multiple practices. Sure. But you don't necessarily have to do that to have a nice life in dentistry. Just having one really good practice is enough. You know, I well, mean, I never wanted to have multiple practices. I'm happy with the one practice. It's good enough for me. Right. Right. I think uh, um, we'll we'll get back to that. I I do have some questions pertaining to that also. Um, so coming coming on the uh, uh, comedy part again. Uh, uh, everybody knows you. Uh, you know that who's who's Weedy Marty? Who is who is Dr. Marty? Did you always want to be famous? No, I never want. No, I never wanted to be famous. Actually, if <laughs> if, if you wanted. My ideal life would be to be very wealthy and anonymous because I, I would I like to be able to go places without anyone knowing me. Okay. You know, uh, so I, I mean, uh, I, I don't really want to be famous. I mean, if if, it, if I became famous in the dental community, that would be okay. Yeah. It'd be nice to sell a lot of the books I wrote, but <laughs> if not, that's okay too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. doesn't really matter. All right, so um, na- nacho versus spaghetti. Who won? Oh, with that, I think well, Nacho won. Obviously, yeah. Nacho's won because uh, that's Paul's group. Yeah. So he won. But I mean, spaghetti is my go-to meal whenever I'm really hungry, or yeah. uh, I, I just want a feel-good meal. It's it's always spaghetti. Yeah. With marinara <laughs> sauce. That that's way better than nachos. <laughs> yeah, like, nachos. We were just in a resort. We were just away for Can- in Cancun for the holiday and for New Year's Eve. We had a choice of Mexican seafood or Italian. We we chose Italian. For yeah. our dinner, you know, it's not even close. Not even close, yeah. No. <laughs> right. I I think uh, comedy comedy is such a great thing, and that we should all. Uh, I believe everybody, uh, whether they're dentists or not, or in the dental community or not, but I think everybody should listen to comedy and really have great respect for comedians because it's hard. It's really hard to write, and on top of that, you remember that you say certain things with certain way, you know. It's hard. And, uh, it's very hard because in my office, I make a lot of wise cracks, but I'm in my office and I have a natural element. But to get on stage and yeah. just come up with jokes like that out of the blue in front yeah. of a bunch of strangers, sure, that, that's very hard. Very it is. Hard. It is. So um, uh, how did you come up with such ideas for Marty's blog? So those people who don't know, uh, there's a Facebook group called Marty's Blog. He's writing all those great uh, funny things how did you come up with these um, ideas well dentistry it's a perfect uh avenue for sarcasm because first of all dentists take themselves way too seriously mm-hmm. and they take uh they take dentistry way too seriously and uh, the patients are insane it's like a natural there's no <laughs> common sense in the field yeah you know? so uh it's a natural um it's a natural uh su- supply of uh of uh, endless jokes. I mean, every anything you could you could come up any day. There's something funny going on in dentistry. But I think you know, that's I think that the way you look at it, that makes it funny because uh, I see the same thing. I don't come up with any of jokes like that. I mean, I try, but I'm not good anywhere close to you. But uh, and so on with um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, so many people. Doctor Timmerman, he does good job. You know, uh, he keeps cracking some jokes. Doctor Moody does too. But right. there is an eye to it, you know, uh, and that's what I'm I'm kind of trying to see how you come up with that. You see, well, like, for example, a, a, a dentist will say a typical thing over the holidays was uh, a patient called uh, uh, with a toothache. Uh, uh, and should I go in or 
patient came into my office with a toothache and didn't want to pay or whatever. And I always say, my answer to that is you shouldn't be working during the holidays. I mean, I just look at it from a different angle. Like instead of asking for help in a situation during the, the, the Christmas, New Year's holidays, you shouldn't be working during the holidays. Yeah, It's like, it's like the dead zone of dentistry, mm. you know? I mean, you know, so, I mean, just, I look at it from a, a different angle, you know, yeah. like the, another one that I can't stand is these morning huddles. Like, um, <laughs> like they're always asking for advice on how they should have their morning huddle. And if they, you see, dentists don't, are not like regular people. Hmm. If I was an employee of a business that was having a morning huddle, I would be daydreaming until the huddle was over. And then I go to work hmm. and the, the huddle is pointless, but they have, they're so obsessed with this huddle, hmm. you know? So, so I always say, like, uh, well, if you want to pay your staff a daydreaming, uh, checking their texts or Instagram page or Facebook page, have the morning huddle. If you want to, <laughs> you know, make money, just walk just, in and see, start seeing patients. Got it. You know? got it. I mean, a morning huddle is, to me, a, a total waste of time. Got it. Got it. You know? Um, so um, that's, 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 I mean, that's another. And also the stress thing in dentistry. Hmm. I remember the first time, I didn't even know there was stress in dentistry until uh, I was in dental school. And at the orientation, the, the, the person giving the orientation said, and for those of you who are having a problem, we have a counselor on staff that you could talk to at any time. And oh. I, looked, I looked at my friends. We started crapping up. This is stressful. <laughs> you know, we're going to well, be that... seeing one patient a day uh, and then we're going to be learning how to fix teeth. That's not stressful. You know, great. If, yeah. if you're in boot camp and you're uh, getting a trained as a soldier to be shipped off to Vietnam, that's right. Stressful. Right. So, yeah, I think I mean, it's just the perspective, right? What you've seen. Um, uh, I'm I'm an immigrant. I've, I'm from India, so I've seen a lot. You know, uh, right. you know, from a developing country. You, right. Sometimes I didn't have water, you know, or right. for half a day, and right. now I have like running water all the time. No, no, no trouble with electricity. I think, uh, uh it's just the perspective. How you, where you come from, where you, you know, and now and people complain of uh, as one of the comedians said, um. I think the cable guy. Remember, uh, he said, uh, uh, "Ooh, I am. I'm scared. Why my, why my ATM machine doesn't speak in Spanish? Why is it only in yeah. English? Right? That's stressful for me. Right? Right? Come on, <laughs> you just. <laughs> at least you've got money to withdraw. That's what he said. So, <laughs> yeah, and it works, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it does work. It does work. Um, yeah. And um, I think I was talking to Andre, Andre Sheridan from you know Andre. Um, yeah, he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. I interviewed. I met him. I met him um, years ago. And, yeah, I met him once at uh, an event. Yeah, nice guy, really nice. I I learned so much about him, which I couldn't have even thought. I mean, he had some businesses and he did great. How his journey, how he got into everybody knows how he got into dentistry, but there was right. how he got into a speaking engagement and cons that was good uh, for yeah. people who uh, haven't listened. It'll it'll be out soon. Um, that was, and I'm sure. Um, people would love to listen to you here too. So, uh, how does the um, so how does your typical day in a dental office, in your dental office, is like? Uh, the reason I ask is because we've gone, we've talked uh, many times uh, on various topics, and I think I have come up to the conclusion that your your uh, way of dentistry or doing dentistry is kind of recession proof. Uh, there would be more than enough people for you to handle uh, your level of uh, expertise and your level of dentistry, uh, which is great, which is, I think, uh, like an endless model. You don't have to 
you're not fee for service patients so what is your typical day uh, in the in the dental office looks like what i'm asking uh, the typical uh, day is it starts at uh, we open at eight o'clock and uh, we take walk-in emergencies from eight to 12 every day hmm. so when i usually i come in about 10 minutes late and then we got my four and we got also hygiene either two or three hygienists going so typically we have my four rooms with with a, a scheduled major procedure like a crown or a bridge or a root canal okay or like a, a bunch of extractions to insert an immediate denture okay then we have the other three rooms have um either like a filling or a try-in or a crown delivery hmm. and either an emergency or an exam and then the, the hygienists uh, also have their patients. They they have patients at eight o'clock, and so we just keep going around and around and around till uh, we're done. That's all. It's typically a major thing and three minor things going on in my rooms, and then we got the the cleanings going every half hour. Hmm. So, how and, much time uh, do you schedule for your hygiene? Uh, about a half hour, and and we have one column that we kind of double book it, and we don't confirm it. And okay. then uh, if people, if everyone shows up, we deal with it. Sometimes we have to reschedule. We apologize. We tell the patient, uh, mm. oh, uh, they're running behind. One of the patients had a problem. So we okay. just choose sometimes. Sometimes a patient has an updated medical history that takes a little bit longer to update. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, they take a little bit longer to clean their teeth. They have a lot of calculus. Mm -hmm. So it just depends. So. so so if I understand correctly, you'll have three columns or maybe even four columns for you, right? Like, Well, I, I have, yeah, I have four columns for me and then we have two for the hygiene, two, two for the hygiene on the schedule. But right. sometimes, sometimes there's two days where we have three hygienists, but typically we have two. So, okay. Two so, hygienists. and you go like, you would go and numb the first major patient, root canal, crown, whatever. And then you go to the next patient doing, numbing the patient to do, do you have a staggered? schedule or they're like oh uh, the first four patients coming together at one time yeah we put the first four patients in all in the same room and then uh, we have i have like a template that tells the, the front desk how much time to give me for each patient so okay. and i actually give myself more time than i really need because if, if you really cut it down to the amount of time i spend it the the, 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 the office would be ridiculous so like mm -hmm. i'll schedule an hour for crowns mm -hmm. um you know, a half hour for fillings hmm. and, and then like 15 minutes for like denture try-ins or uh, to check a tooth. For an exam, uh, uh, we'll schedule a half hour only because I don't want to, you know, have too many exams. Yeah. They're like a pro productivity killer, those exams. Got it. You know, so uh, that's okay. pretty much how we do it. And that starts at 8 to 6? 8 to 1, 8 to 1 in the morning, and then 2 to 5 in the afternoon. In the afternoon, we don't have any walk-in emergencies unless it's, uh, you know, the, you know, unless someone calls up and, and yeah. uh, they'll say, oh, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm, it's killing me. And then if I feel like seeing him, I'll see him. If I don't feel like seeing him, I'll, I'll tell him to come the next day. Okay, or so sometimes patients know that I don't take walk-ins in the afternoon, but they know I'm basically a nice guy, so they'll walk in. And if I have time and I'm not, too tired i'll i'll, yeah. uh, I'll see him yeah. you know got it so 8 to 12 you take uh you don't you let the emergency patients walk in is that what you're yeah, saying yeah and they realize that they have to wait you know okay. they're, they're told that when they i mean and any it doesn't matter what the emergency is it could be anywhere from a, a slight denture adjustment to a you know a major uh abscess whatever it is you know they they could just come in they don't have to 
call for an appointment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So uh and so you don't schedule your emergency appointments. Look, like, what if what happens if the patient calls in and you know, oh, I have an emergency, I have this pain and what not. Um uh so do you bring them through with uh with prior appointments or you just tell them walk in? We we tell them to walk in and then if they insist that they want an, they need an appointment, then the, the front desk will give them an appointment, but sometimes oh. the appointment won't be till the next day or or at an inconvenient time. So we tell them, well, you could come in, okay, and uh, you'll you'll just have to wait. We'll work you into the schedule, and I, I'm able to work them in. in. Even if you have some appointments available, let me. Uh, the reason it's important is because I'm trying to uh, see how I can do that in my office. But so even if you have some appointments scheduled in the, uh, you have some open appointments, let's say, and your schedule is not tightly packed, you still right. don't give them appointments. No, no, of course. If there's an opening, then we'll put them in. Okay. But it's, but it very rarely do I have an opening the same day. I mean, I'm not booked out very far in advance, but yeah. you know, so typically you, during the you day, you pack your I, schedule I have, really. I'm sorry, sorry, but you pack your schedule pretty tight. Is that what you're saying? Yes, but I mean, there are, sometimes we have a cancellation, and then we'll yeah. say, "Hey, look, we have a three o'clock." Yeah. Say, for example. Okay. So put them in at three o'clock. But if yeah. we don't have that three o'clock. Hmm. And uh, they were, they're told to come in in the morning. Now, if it's if they absolutely can't come in, and, and they need to come in in the afternoon, and and if it's a patient that, yeah, like a good patient in quotes, a good patient, yeah, yeah, I'll let them come in in the afternoon. But it's a it's you mm. know an into every situation is is unique, and I make the decision at the time. Got you it. know, it just depends. Mm-hmm. All right. So eight to twelve, all the emergency walk in. uh they're not given appointments if your schedule is packed but if your schedule is not that packed they're given an appointment time and they're seen accordingly otherwise they're walk in and you see them whenever you can right and now then, one the one drawback of the system which to me is not a drawback it's just uh, inevitable is i'm always running behind like dentists are obsessed yeah, with uh yeah. with running on schedule i don't know why they're so obsessed with that but you know patients when they know that you're busy they expect uh, that you're running behind it's mm-hmm. kind of like busy it's like a busy restaurant like if right. you go to outback at 5:30 in the afternoon you're going to wait yep. for a table mm-hmm. same thing with my office that's the one thing i can't promise that i'm going to be on time so i'm always on, behind and mm-hmm. you have to kind of have a thick skin where you ignore the right. complaints you know right i think that's how the culture is you said the culture okay you know what this guy gets late but he at least sees me he at least gets me out of pain he at least gets the work done and he gets the work done at a little relatively cheaper price uh, right. and and he does a good job uh, right. what else i need for right so maybe i'll i'll just hang on which is good all right um right. that makes sense and um uh, how many assistants would you have follow you between different rooms i have uh, two assistants that work out of the four rooms with me and then i have a third assistant uh, in the back that uh, cleans the hygiene she takes the x-rays oh like a floater okay yeah and she does the instruments uh, so and and also she assists my uh my periodontist when he's there oh okay so, yeah dr tammy huh yeah, yeah he likes working with her so um yeah he's a great when guy when he's there we don't do uh like exams you know anything that it would take her time away and then the other assistants have to help out with cleaning the hygiene or even the hygienist have to sometimes clean the, the chair off so Okay. We we kind of like um you know everyone has to work a little bit harder when he's there but sure. uh you know Now, it's worth it because he's doing implants. Right, right. How do you keep your staff motivated in in such a 
uh, busy schedule or condensed I don't, schedule? I don't keep them. I don't try to keep them motivated. Okay. I, I, you can't motivate them. I mean, the, mm-hmm. what I do is I hire people that have a good personality. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I also prefer uh, foreign-born uh, people. I have a lot of Brazilians that work for me. They're great. They work hard. They yeah. appreciate the job. You know, and... Uh, mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it. I don't try to motivate them. Either they either they work or they don't. And luckily, I've been able to, you know, get a lot of nice people that they're self-motivated. They just do it for the sake of the job. But I don't try to motivate them. You know, I'm not I'm not a big firer. I have fired people in the past. If they're not good, uh, I'll fire them. But luckily, I've been very fortunate with that. I have people that are self-motivated. Uh, Most of them are from other countries. Yeah. Like for example. Two of my hygienists are dentists from uh, one's from Colombia, the other one's from Brazil. Okay. So they're grateful to be here and have a job. And the mm-hmm. same thing with, uh, you know, my, uh, my, one of my assistants is just, I was just lucky to find her. Okay. And then, um, the front desk also, I just hire for personality. Anyone could be taught, uh, you know, taught dentistry. None right. of my front desk had any prior experience. I think people that have a prior experience, Dentistry are terrible because they they're doing it the way the, the last office did it, and the last office may be doing it wrong. So, who takes so care I, of your uh, uh, insurance stuff? Uh, do you have a spe- specific um, insurance? Well, lady? I have uh, a check-in. Uh, the check-in lady she verifies the insurance and enters it into the computer. Okay. Then I have a a, a checkout girl, uh, lady that she bills out the insurance, enters the claim. Yeah. And I have two others. You know, my girlfriend I told you about, and yeah. then I have the lady. They they take care of the uh, accounts receivable, hmm. uh, doing the pre-authorizations, getting all the x-rays ready to go out, uh, and also going after past due claims. So hmm. I have like four different people helping out with that, you know, right. different phases of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got three assistants, four front desks, including insurance. No, I actually and- have, uh, hold on, hold on, I have one. I think I have five front desks. I, I'm, I'm, okay. I use paper charts, so I have one lady that pulls charts and answers the phones. Also, hmm. Hmm. Uh, people didn't could not convince you that you need, uh, you know, uh, Eagle Soft or, or Dentrix or Open Dental. You know, years ago, I've always had Easy Dental. I, I, for some yeah. reason, no one wants to use Easy Dental. So years ago, I when I took over my practice, the, the mm-hmm. guy that before me he had easy dental so i kept easy dental yeah and i had a nice it guy that worked for uh easy dental mm-hmm. that uh, always serviced me and then one day when i had a problem he goes uh well i can't help you anymore unless you you would switch to dentrix oh. so dentrix at the time was like ten thousand. easy dental was cheap so yeah. why would i switch to dentrix just because of him so i had a, he could he wouldn't help me anymore because he was working at the time for the company that sold dentrix which now I think it's Henry Schein, so they actually have Dentrix yep. and Easy Dental. Oh. So I found another guy, yeah. and he's been uh, doing he's been doing my IT work ever since, and I I stuck with Easy Dental. I mean, okay. Easy Dental does give you the capability of being paperless, but I still like the the paper charts. Okay. Okay. For uh, various reasons, uh, you know, of course it's easier to end, um, add things that you forgot during the appointment, and also if the computer goes down, at least you have something. Right, you right, have right. Some record uh, of what you did and 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 of their account, the patient's account and their medical history. You have something. But you know, um, uh, 
like for example, Eaglesoft. Uh, I don't know about others. I'm sure others would have it too. What you could do is you can run them even without internet. So if your internet comes down, it just uh, there are there are some settings in Eaglesoft I know uh, where you can actually run them even if the yeah, internet goes down, and then yeah, yeah. you still get easy just... dental too. Easy dental too. You can run that without an internet, but the okay. problem is sometimes the sometimes the the computer doesn't work. It won't allow uh, us to get right. to the database. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. That's true. Yeah, I mean it's it's weird how it uh, happens. So uh, once in a while we have a problem, we have to call up uh, Henry Shine and get support. Okay. Or or uh, our IT guy, depending on the situation. Right. So during that time, we can't schedule appointments. We can't send out the claims, so um, mm -hmm. and, but we could still see patients. You sure, know, so, I understand. We have the paper charts. Mm, got it. So, got it. And I can still collect uh, money because we know the balance is right. entered in Easy Dental, also manually in the in the paper chart. Got it. Okay. So it's just a, a fail a safe thing. Fail safe thing. Yeah, that helps. That helps certainly. Um, now I was looking at um, you making fun of somebody and says. Six to nine dollars new patient special. I offer forty-five dollar new patient special. How does that work? How does that well, work for we you? We have a forty-five dollar special. They get an exam, yeah, uh, a bite wing or a pano. If I feel like doing a pano, and they get the cleaning. Okay. So it's forty-five dollars. It's pretty. It's very popular. Okay. And also on the ad, it uh, it also says other things I offer. Uh, I, I advertise free crown with any implant, my in-house discount dental plan. And I also have a, a little section where I, I say, uh, you know, which insurances I take. And there's a lot of Humana um, Medicare Advantage patients in my area. I have a yeah, lot they, of elderly and, yeah. they, and they, get free, they get a free denture. So yeah. I always uh, advertise Humana patients, free denture. That, that helps. What? Free denture? Yeah, they get a free on certain plans. They get a free denture. Okay, now how no, do you no even co no copayment? How do you even make any money out of Humana? Then you, that's awesome, Humana. They pay nine hundred and twenty dollars for a denture. That uh, dentures are easy money. Yeah, you know, the hard part is the adjustments and listening to the complaints. But mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't get. I don't schedule that. I mean, I mean, making <laughs> a denture. I mean, come on. If you have a Humana patient that either has an old denture yeah. or needs a denture. That's eighteen hundred dollars right away, just for sticking some alginate in their mouth. That takes five to ten minutes, and it's very. The only ones that say no are the ones that already have a good set of dentures, and they just don't want to go through the the hassle, hassle. of coming into a, a dental office. Okay. But most people say yes. So what's wrong with making eighteen hundred dollars for minutes of work? It's literally minutes. But then they require other three or four appointments. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I thought those are fifteen-minute appointments, right. quadruple booked. I got it. I, one you of those third it. and fourth column, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like uh, easy money. Got it. Got it. There's no copayment. You know, I have to accept what Humana pays. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you do that? That's a no-brainer. That's a no-brainer. Uh, now, uh, your pricing is already so low, as as everybody knows, uh, and you still do a good job, uh, but. How are you? How are you even monetizing an additional discount plan on top of that? So, what is your discount plan? Offer discount well, my, plan. Well, uh, my my discount plan actually has higher fees than some of the plans I take. So that's why I did that. I, I I years ago I said to myself, well, look, if I'm making money accepting these plans with these low fees, why can't I just offer it to, to right away? Right. For that insurance. What's yeah. the difference? 
you know, if what's the difference if an insurance company pays you three fifty for a crown versus a patient paying you three fifty for a crown? It's the so same three hundred and fifty dollars. What is your uh, what does your discount plan look like then? Right now, it's, it's like for a single person, adult, it's one hundred and sixty dollars. For that, they get an exam, uh, necessary X-rays, and two cleanings a year. Okay. If it's a couple, it's a two two sixty, mm -hmm. and I think a child under thirteen is like eighty. And like a child over 13 until 18 is like 130, and then and then also there's discounted fees. Okay. Like for example, dentures are 850, crowns are 490, extractions are 95, hmm. fillings are like 85 to like 110. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. That's pretty much it. Yeah. So and then obviously those patients keep coming back to you because you have a cheaper pricing. If I if I may say you would you probably would be doing more work in in a day and since you're doing a bulk pr production uh, you're still able to make a good living out of it is that the right yeah like the, the myth in dentistry uh, people are always telling me well why don't you just uh you know like double your fees and you'll see half the patients and make the same amount of money but i don't believe that's possible you know that's like the myth in dentistry you know mm. raise your fees and then you don't have to work as hard and you'll still make the same or more. And I know there are guys on Facebook that claim they've done that, mm -hmm. but I'm skeptical of that. You know, okay. I don't know. That wouldn't work in my area anyway. I mean, it may work in an area that doesn't have a lot of dentists or doesn't have a lot of dental insurance plans out there in the how community. Many, how many in my dentists? Area, it wouldn't work. How many dentists do you think you have in your area? Approximately. Like I, don't, I don't know. I don't really pay attention to it too mm. much, but. You know, uh, I, it, probably 20, I would think. Honestly, I, I really don't, I, I don't know. I don't, I ignore the other, what's going on out there. I just focus on my practice. But I, if I had a guess, somewhere between 10 and 20 in my area. Hmm. Within five miles. There's a lot so. of people in my area. I mean, Florida is, has, has been a growing state since uh, World War II. Hmm. My area has grown uh, leaps and bounds. And the, where my office is, all the corners used to be empty grass. Now it's all built up. There's, hmm. there's a, there's a apartment communities. There's a shopping. So it's it's gradually grown. So I think there's room for everybody. There's enough, you know, you know there's enough, uh, there's enough population for everybody. Got it, got it. Now, uh, what other marketing that you use in your office? So you have a walk-in, you have a discount plans, you have forty-five dollar new patient special. What else? Uh, marketing, if at all, if at all, you're doing any. Well, I, I mean, the, the only marketing I do is that this discount special. It's a direct mail coupon, and then I, uh, I'm on all these insurance program lists, and then I, I, I guess the, the other one is referrals from existing patients. Got it. So yeah. I, I've been, I've been in the area since 1991. So if you stick it out and you do a reasonably good job, eventually uh, people, you know, refer their friends and coworkers. Right. Right. Great. Thank you. Um, that helps a lot to understand, you know, how you're able to make a good living. I mean, obviously, you're a hard worker. You had this um, uh, way to do a bulk dentistry, but in a good way, uh, in a predictable way. Uh, and that works. Uh, and how, Dentistry is hard work. I mean, everyone's, it is trying hard. To, everyone's trying to uh, make money in dentistry without hard work. That's the dirty little secret. Dentistry is hard work. Yeah. You know, uh, it's not like uh, being a coal miner. But, you know, it's hard work. You're physically doing work on people. 
and you and you're moving around during the day. It's not like being a, yeah. an investment banker where you sit at a desk and you look at uh, spreadsheets all sure, day. Sure, sure. It's now, it's hard work. Now uh, I was talking to uh, Andre as I said uh, yesterday, and uh, you know uh, we had this uh, interesting. Uh, emotional thing come up once that one of uh, i think uh, his brother in law he said when he passed away he said could you make sure not many dentists die broke you know uh, with this so much going on in in dentistry uh, with insurance fees coming down you know uh, loans are high up you know uh, the new uh, associates uh, the new dentists who are graduating i mean when you graduated you had almost no loan you know uh, relatively since in relative sense, uh, I have a huge student loan still. Um, I'm only saying, uh, how do you think, or uh, what change in the mindset of the associates or the new dentists who are graduating or have recently graduated in the next, last five years, uh, they should understand about dentistry that, you know, uh, they, they don't die broke. You know, well... There's two things. Number one yeah. is you have to spread out the loan repayment. Don't do those 10-year repayment plans unless you have a low balance. I, I, I'm a big fa fan of the repay plan where you spread it out over 25 years yeah. and then the balance is forgiven. And I know there'll be a tax hit, but you could either save for that or maybe work something out with the IRS at the time that the taxes are due. And I also believe that possibly... The, the, the vote-hungry politicians are going to make that uh, forgiven balance non-taxable like they did during the recession when everyone had a foreclosure right. and their short sales, uh, the, the forgiven balance on the short sales were forgiven. Yeah. So I think uh, I, would, I would spread out the loan payments and make my monthly payment as low as possible. Okay. And number two, this is another thing in dentistry. Like I come from a family of dentists and we live very well. But I had very low expectations for my dental career. I wasn't looking to become rich, you know, like a multimillionaire. It's possible, definitely possible to do that. Mm -hmm. But I think dentists have to lower their expectations. I mean, dentistry basically for the average dentist provides a very secure upper middle class to upper middle class lifestyle. Okay. So there's nothing wrong with that. You mm -hmm. don't have to become... A multi-millionaire guy. Now I know people that are multi-millionaires, and even me, I was. If it hadn't been for my divorce and marriage, I would have been in that uh, position also. But they have to be, accept that they may not be uh, have the lifestyle of the rich and famous. They may just have a a boring upper middle class life. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, they have to uh, they have to be very disciplined with their personal lifestyle. They can't let their family uh convince them to have the lifestyle of a doctor in quotes got it you know very simple you know it's very easy uh, your spouse your kids they they want things and if your natural instinct is to please them yeah because you love them or uh, it, it's it's um it, it boosts your ego to be able to be a big shot and buy someone a car or a nice house or take a nice trip but if it's not within your budget then don't do it got it you know, so you have to have personal discipline in your, you know, in your personal lifestyle have and, and not have such high expectations and spread out the loan payments. And eventually the way these schools are charging one day, it's going to be it's going to return back to the uh, days of the 80s when I right. was in school, when schools started to close. When I was 
a young dentist, I think four schools closed. So eventually we're going to get to that point because people are going to uh, sour on uh, dentistry as a career. Because, you know, if if you have to borrow over a million dollars to become a dentist, I don't know if it's worth it. But um, a half a million, I think it's still worth it because if you do an income-based repayment plan, you could put that into your budget. Right. Um, yeah, no, uh, I think uh, ultimately it boils down to the reality. The reality is not as rosy as it was 20 years ago, um, uh, especially because everybody is squeezing down. Uh, the DSOs are coming over. Uh, they have a lot more bigger budgets than marketing for marketing, for example. Or, you know, if I need if I'm looking for a hygienist, if, if my uh, uh, and I don't have a hygienist for that particular day, she called in sick. Either I lose the patients or I get a new hygienist. I cannot get a quick hygienist right away because I am a smaller office. But being a corporate, I might be able to get one. So with those advantages in, you know, uh, corporate dentistry is going to have some advantages and they're going to take away. Um, that's yeah, but still, uh, corporate dentistry, from what I've read, only about 8, 8 or 9% of dentists nationwide uh, participate in that. And I just read an article yesterday in Dental hmm. Town magazine uh, by Howard, that uh, Arizona has 18% uh, DSO participation. So that's the the highest penetration. So most dentists are still non-DSO. So uh, mm -hmm. it's not as bad as uh, people say. You know, I just think you have to be more of a business person and less of a of a dentist to succeed. Right. And I think the other problem with dentists is they uh, they charge too much, and, and they're and they swing for the fences with these treatment plans and. Uh, we 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 chase the patients away, hmm. you know. How many people can afford a thousand to fifteen hundred for a crown, and and how many people want to do a, a twenty thousand dollar treatment plan, you know? And and this other thing with uh, if someone needs root planning and curatage, uh, throw them out if all they want is their regular cleaning. Let them get the regular cleaning. Hmm. Still better than nothing, you know. Hmm. As long as it's documented that you advise the patient that they, they have perio and they need a root planning curatage, they may lose teeth. If they lose the teeth, it's their fault. They've been informed. Mm. And they may even stay in your practice and and uh, do other work to replace the missing teeth. So I don't believe in, I think we chase too many patients away. We're too uh, too tough with these people, you know? I got it. Like DSOs do that. You know, I get a lot of patients from um, uh, chain offices that, uh, the, 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 they won't let the patient get their regular free cleaning from their HMO. They they insist they get the, uh, you know, the root planning curatage or else. And right. I, I think that's a wrong way to approach it, you know? Got it. So dentistry is uh, still a good profession, mm -hmm. and especially uh, with implants. Implants have revolutionized uh, dentistry. So right. I think it's some way to, to compete, you have to – you have to do something with implants, at least restore them. If anything, restore them. And ideally, you should be placing them in your office. Yeah. You know, uh, yourself or have a specialist come in and do it. I think um, uh, at the personal level, we discussed uh, how you do implants in your office. But I, I think it's a good information if you share it for the audience. Uh, uh, how does it work? How are you able to keep the, uh, the cost of the implant so low and including the crown how much do you think you charge for implant plus the, crown? the crown is like 70 and i think uh, we pay like about 160 or so for the implant so the whole thing is uh uh under 250 right so no but how and, much um, do you charge for uh for one implant 1, in your office, including 1, the crowns yeah 
Okay. Now, do you want to elaborate this for our audience? How are you able to make profit out of 1500? Well, number one, you know, my specialist is willing to work for less. And then number two is we do a lot of, we built up a, a, a very, you know, busy implant practice. And uh, my perio guy met, uh, you know, the, the uh, Oso biomedical rep at a meeting and he told him about how uh, busy we are. And the guy gave us a good break on the, uh, on the implants because uh, we promised them a uh, volume. And then uh, hmm. same thing with my crowns. I've been doing, uh, I've been using the same labs, a uh, couple of labs for, um, for many years. So they gave me a, a good break because mm-hmm. I've uh, given them a lot of business. Sure. And also I use stock abutments, okay. which cut, no, I don't do custom abutments that, mm-hmm. that cuts the cost down uh, uh, appreciably. Right. And uh, an implant crown, especially on a posterior tooth is easy. It's easier than doing a regular crown. You don't have Actually, to do anesthesia. Right. You don't have to give anesthesia. You don't even have to make a temporary in many cases. A lot of the <laughs> patients don't care if they have a temp. Yeah. You know, if, yeah. You're, if you're doing an implant crown on number 30, you screw in the uh, stock abutment. You quickly prep it in the mouth. Right. You take an impression. It takes five minutes. And then if they don't want a temp, they're gone. Yeah. You know, Got very it. easy. So I think uh, the key here is uh, <clears throat> you're still successful by doing uh, a stock abutment and a stock crown, not a stock crown, but stock abutment and a regular crown, um, right. uh, and and keep the cost down. Because uh, if I if I remember correctly, uh, for a custom crown and a custom abutment, it comes down to four hundred dollars from the last. Yeah, that, that's so, absurd. That's yeah. absurd. Yeah, I think my stock abutments it's included with the whole um, implant package we have, but I think I pay like eleven dollars for the abutment if you break it down. Yeah. I mean, look, what, and and it's so easy. And actually, I think it's more accurate taking the impression in the mouth right, than right, doing right. Uh, the. I, I years ago in my a couple of my first couple of implant crowns, I did do custom abutments, and I was uh, in shock at the lab cost. Right. And I wasn't happy with the um, uh, the fit of the crown. There, there's a little error in there between the, you know, the analog and fabricating the abutment on the on the model versus putting mm. it right in the mouth and taking the impression in the mouth. Hmm. At least Got that's it. what I found, you, you know? Yeah, yeah, I understand. So, I understand. Plus, it's uh, cheaper. Yeah, and you don't have to do anesthesia. Yeah. The only problem is if, uh, if you have like a closed bite and you have to prep the uh, abutment a lot. It's Look, hard to get yeah. close down. Yeah. Well, you know, um, uh, let me let me throw a trick here, which I learned while I was in India last. So this, uh, this guy, uh, he does a lot of implants. He does like, I don't know, 15, 20 implants a day. Easy, maybe more. Um, but so I learned a lot from, you know, uh, you know, being with him, what he did was uh, he found one of his assistants and he says, okay, these are the stock abutments. Okay. And for each stock abutment, he would pre-trim them and they, and he started calling them one, two, three, and four, right. At different heights. So basically if, so one is only one millimeter trim, two is two millimeters and so on, right? So he would mark them or with the lines, whatnot. So he would have a, a whole box, like a like a, a pill box, right? With number one, two, right. three, four written on them, the stock abutments, right, sitting in. And uh, he would just take out, oh, I think number four would fit in because I it's already, you know, 
pre-configured. Yeah, I, did that with, um, I actually did that with, when I used Implant Direct because they're, uh, we use their legacy implants and it okay. came with like a cap on top of the stock abutment. Yeah. So I had one assistant that used to chop that off and get it ready for me. But with the one I use now, they're pretty close. Hmm. And the other reason why I don't like them to be pre-trimmed is because it seems like when you dr- prep them uh, too much, the, the hole you know, where you put the, the driver for the screw right? sometimes closes up and you can't fit the driver in. Ah, uh, okay. So I'm just afraid that I won't be able to fit the driver in there mm. to torque the uh, abutment down. So it may uh, cost me a few minutes, but I prefer just doing the prep in the mouth. All right. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, so, but uh, yeah, that, I, I did that when I used a different system because okay. Implant Direct had this silly thing where they had like an, uh, an extension on the abutment. I guess it helps with the placement of the implant. Okay. And then you had to remove that from the uh, stock abutment. That was a hassle. Hmm. So I, I did have an assistant. Uh, she, it was actually her idea. She said, look, why don't I just sit there in the back and, <laughs> and get these ready for you? You know, yeah. there was nothing else to do. Right. Yeah. So that was, that, that's a gr- that actually is a good idea. I'm just afraid I'm going to yeah. obliterate the, the, the screw hole and, and not be that's able to get the driver in. Got it. Now, uh, what implant system uh, did Dr. Tammy your periodontist uh, uses also biomedical. Biomedical, okay. Also biomedical, yeah. okay. Yeah, New Mexico. Okay, got it. Um, all right. Uh, now, the way I'm able to keep the cost down is I don't I don't stock a huge amount of uh, implants. What we do is we I go over the we 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 pull all the implant charts. Yeah. I look at the implants that uh, Dr. Tommy selected for right. those patients. Right. I order those implants alone. Okay. And then we confirm the patients. And, uh, and and if they don't if they cancel their appointment or don't show I, we, I I still order the implants and we build that up as like a little excess hmm. sometimes sometimes Tommy will do a an implant on a consultation or an emergency so it works so out, we yeah. do have a little excess supply but not a lot because I don't believe in tying up five to ten thousand in a bunch of implant a, a big implant inventory right 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 all right good um <clears throat> okay so um I think this is good about your office and how you are able to, you know, uh, take advantage of keeping the cost low. Now, uh, I think you uh, touched a little bit about uh, uh, divorce. I don't know if you want to talk about this openly, uh, yes. but I, I do have, I know you, <laughs> everybody knows about uh, Dr. Marty's uh, divorce on Facebook. So I thought you might be a good person because as everybody says uh, online, you know, 50% of the people are going through something like that, right? So, obviously, we don't want your uh, uh, the, the details about what happened, but uh, you seem to have a bad experience there. What advice that you think you want to give to the dental community about what to do, how to handle that? Uh, well, know? if you get married, well, number one, think hard about getting married. But, okay. uh, you know, men do get married. So yeah. when you're married, you know, there are signs to look for. Uh, you know, women, uh, I know I'm going to be accused of being a misogynist, but that's okay. <laughs> women like to spend money. So it's up to the man to impose discipline. Hmm. You know, my, I'm, I grew up with this with my mom and dad. My mom, she, her father was a dentist, so she grew up uh, in a nice lifestyle. and. Sure. She might have had a propensity to want to spend a little bit. My father always, you know, would shoot her down when it was uh, out of his budget. Right. I, I didn't do that uh, hmm. as a married guy. I, I uh, pretty much, you know, our philosophy, my wife's ex-wife's philosophy was spend first, 
come up with the money later. Mm. And I, I, I did that out of a, you know, a desire to please her, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, the emotional attachment and also a little bit of an ego boost I got from being able to provide nice things. But sure. it, it cost me uh, uh, my my wealth. My, it was a, I mean, I, I'd be retired now if it wasn't for that. Mm. So I'm OK. I'm doing well enough where I'll, I'll recover. But I think it cost me like 10 years of my uh, career that that whole um, overspending thing. So if you get married and you have kids, you just have to have some spending discipline, you know, learn to say no. You know, and if and if it doesn't work out, if, if when you say no, the person leaves you, so be it. You know, mm. it's not the end of the world. Right. But uh, how did you uh, how did you handle uh, emotionally, you know, uh, did you feel that oh shoot now my life is going going south um you know how how did you how did you come up and you calm yourself down and well actually that the, the marriage started to deteriorate before the divorce so i, I you know there, there were signs that the marriage was on, uh, was going to hmm. be over before the actual you know legal divorce so i i i was sad and i uh you know, I, I uh, dealt with it by talking to my family, friends, and then I have a very good, uh, I'm, I'm fortunate is I have a very good, uh, I'm a quick, I'm quick at recovering from negative things. Okay. You know, part of it is uh, I, I'm a sports fan and, uh, you know, uh, when you're a sports fan and your team loses, you know, you go through that momentary sadness and then there's another game. You have to get ready for the next game. Right. Right. So, uh Mm. So I think part of that, uh, that to help me uh, recover from it. I recovered quickly, you know, because, uh, you know, it took me uh, maybe a few months. You know, I was sad, mm-hmm. but, you know, life goes on. I have confidence in myself. I'm, you know, I'm not an ugly guy. I have a decent <laughs> personality. So I figured I'll meet another woman. It's, yeah. not, it's not the end of the world. You can meet another woman. Yeah. You know, there's plenty of women out there. So that, I got over it. You know, the, the, the main uh, difficulty was while I was married and the marriage was deteriorating. So that was where I went through the emotional trauma of, of realizing that we may uh, get divorced. But right. once it happened, it was anticlimactic already. I, I was already living on my own. And, yeah. you know, at, at that point, it was just a legal transaction. So I was uh, actually hmm. relieved because I had uh, control of my money for the first time. Right. When I was married, you know, she was, uh, you know, emptying out my bank account all the time. When I was on my own, at least... Even though I had to pay alimony, yeah. there was uh, control. I had control of it all. Mm. Mm. So it's not that bad, you know, yeah. especially when you're in a bad situation. Ideally, uh, a good there's nothing like a good marriage because you have a, a partner that helps you in your practice and mm-hmm. your personal life. So a, a good marriage is the best. But, you know, it's not the end of the world if it breaks up. Right. You should not let it, uh, try not to let it affect your wealth. Mm. Uh, where, how... How do you think you actually, uh, what did you talk yourself into? Oh, my, uh, so I got divorced and, uh, you know, my, and now you're emotionally torn, uh, at least for whatever time period, for a few months, as you said. How did you, uh, for the lack of a better term, comfort yourself that, you know, uh, you'll be able to do good? You'll be able to come back out of this uh, emotional trauma slash... Well. Well, that's why I became a dentist. Uh, you know, my parents always told me dentists uh, make a, a steady, good living. So I knew as a dentist, I'd be mm-hmm. able to survive. Yeah, and, 
And then I went out and, uh, you know, as a single guy, went to bars and clubs and started <laughs> trying to meet women, you know, like I did when I was a young guy before I was before I got married. And, uh, yeah. you know, when you're a dentist, you know, w- women like dentists because we uh, are perceived to have money. So it's really not hard uh, to meet, uh, to meet uh, women as a dentist. Got it. I mean, uh, even in your own office, uh, they'll uh, come after you. Right. You, you know, so it's not really hard. Got it. All right. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. That's really um, um, hard uh, for somebody to share something like that. Uh, uh, but I think um, I could, uh, I'm sure, uh, even when I was on Dental Town, I was reading through and I was like, there were so many whole threads on divorce. Um, some people even had uh, prenups, uh, yeah. you know, done. Uh, I don't know if that's a choice for many people, but at least well, we yes. didn't we didn't do that because we didn't have anything when we got when I got married. My ex had a house, mm-hmm. and she had a small uh, uh, pension from one job that she left. Yeah, we didn't even have anything. I wasn't even licensed. I moved down from New York to Florida. I didn't even have a license, so right, we didn't yeah, it's a different time, right? Um, anyways, thank you, thank you for sharing. As I said, now, um, no. <clears throat> now, uh, I think you recently. Uh, uh, you know, launched your own book uh, with uh, Emily Littron and right. it's called No Nonsense Dentistry, Dental Peeps, right? Uh, right. So uh, <laughs> uh, how did you come up with this book? How did you come up with the title? What is the book all about? Well, I, I did and it was uh, Emily's idea. One day she, uh, I, I actually spoke at one of her events uh, about a year and a half ago and then she contacted me about six months ago and she said you want to uh you want you want to she she said you want to embark on a non-profitable um um uh, um, venture with me i said yeah sure what do you got she goes well i was thinking about writing a book and uh you know like a no-nonsense book just with you know practical no-nonsense advice for dentists and she said uh yeah would you be interested so i said yeah sure and then uh so my part of the book is like a, just a sarcastic, uh, humorous look at dentistry and her, her part of the book and a couple of the other contributors is more serious advice. Hmm. Okay. But it's very straightforward and it's you know, easy reading. But I haven't read her part of the book. I've only read mine. <laughs> I wrote it. But my, my thing is the typical stuff I post on Facebook, you know, yeah. just making fun of everything. <laughs> yeah. All right. So do uh, so you think... Um, uh, who would take a uh, big advantage of, you know, the new dentist, uh, some seasoned dentist, or who would be, uh, who can get the best advantage of the book? Well, the serious part of the book, probably a newer dentist. Okay. Um, you know, for, the, for my section of the book, it could be any dentist that just wants to just get a, a little uh, a laugh. Got it. Or just uh, hear, a, read about a different interpretation of a dentistry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got it. It's not so good for patients or uh, staff members because I, I make fun of them. It's it's really <laughs> mostly meant for. I mean, if it, it would be okay for a dental uh, staff member to read it, but they have to have a good sense of humor and not take it personally. Yeah, because I, I, I make fun of uh, hygienists and assistants and also associates. I do make fun of associates. Yeah. So uh, um, let's hear uh, if you can and if you remember anything. Uh, could you make fun of from the book if you remember? Uh, uh, making fun of assistant, hygienist, and associate or dentist. Uh, let me see. Well, I have it in front of me. So, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, like for, 
just to get the, yeah. just to get the dental taste of yeah for example dental assistant dental assistant equals high school dropout expected duties clean and restock operatories take x-rays impressions pack cord suction assist dentist seat and interview patients track lab cases and clean and sterilize instruments mm -hmm. so that's the expected thing but here's the actual this is what actually happens <laughs> okay they, they stand around gazing at cell phone while hoping doctor won't ask you to do anything. Then when asked, quickly retreat to the lab to begin room setup, only to be found chilling with the other girls while the doctor patiently waits to start the procedure so he can catch up and enjoy his 10-minute lunch. Fail to locate lab cases which have been misfiled by the other assistant and blame the patient after x-raying the wrong tooth. So that's <laughs> the actual dental assistant. Right. <laughs> So, like, that's a typical thing in the book. <laughs> okay, great. Um, that's great. Um, if uh, I think uh, maybe uh, one fun, one funny thing for the dentist also, maybe not hygienist. Let if you can find something. Oh, like what I wrote about the dentist. So yeah, like something there. funny for them too. Like what? Oh. They actually... <laughs> okay, here, uh, dentist uh, equals fake doctor. Expected duties. Well, it's kind of long, but I'll, maybe I'll just take some of it out. Dentistry is a branch of medicine that consists of study, diagnosis, prevention, and treatment of diseases, uh, disorders of the mouth. What they actually do? Yeah, now what they actually do is field inane questions from patients all day, such as why are they still bleeding an hour after their extraction? Can they whiten their 30-year-old gold crowns? How come they can't eat with their dentures? And do they have to pay? <laughs> Spend 90 minutes on a posterior composite, then berate office manager about low collections. Have brand new 23-year-old dental assistant explain treatment to patient while surfing Dental Town and Facebook in the back, then berate treatment coordinator about low case acceptance. Wonder why no one will spend three grand on his new sleep apnea treatment. Always inserts the word doctor whenever possible to alert others of their official status. Blame insurance companies for low income. Take weeks off at a time to attend needed continuing education and then question his accountant for annual decline in collections. <laughs> Ignore patient's chief complaint of pain in tooth number two and attempt to sell five-figure treatment plan, then scratch his head as patient walks out without rescheduling. So that's your typical dentist right there. <laughs> well, I think uh, people should buy this book. Um, <clears throat> Just well, for we'll fun. See. Just for yeah, fun. Yeah, I mean, I, if I made any money out of this, I'd be uh, shocked, but we'll see. Well, yeah. At least your name is on the book now, right? Right. Yeah, I'm published. Yeah, you're right? published, right? So, uh, is it... I'm published. <laughs> uh, uh, so where could they find this book? Uh, you know, how, how could they buy the book? Yeah, Emily has a link. Yeah. That, uh, that That's the only way to get it. There's, it's not on Amazon or, uh, sure. or um, any other... Yeah. Uh, any other site yeah so. just shoot me the link when you can and um i'll post okay. it on the on the on the page okay now um uh i was also looking at uh, uh other topics in the book and uh you were talking about a perfect life in the book um yeah right and uh, what are your thoughts on you know a perfect life and a perfect success uh, well uh, there is no perfect life no, there is no perfect life because mm -hmm. everybody has a problems sure. uh my girlfriend elizabeth uh 
she worked for an actual billionaire at one time. Mm. I'm not going to say who it was, but an actual billionaire, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. That guy was miserable, mm. you know? So everyone has problems, even though you think uh, uh, their life is great. So to me, a perfect life is uh, being able to do what you like to do most of the time while accepting the fact that sometimes you're going to be sad, you're going to be annoyed, you're going to be tired, you're going to get sick, people are going to, you know, uh, betray you or disappoint you, and you just have to ignore it and go on. Hmm. And dentistry is a perfect profession for that, because you could be your own boss, Mm -hmm. you could set your own hours, you could take time off when you want, and you make a good, uh, steady income. So if you keep that in mind, all the other bad things that can happen to you in the course of your life uh, should be able to roll off your shoulders without um, without getting to you too much. Got it. No, thank so, you. That helps. That's a, to me, that's a perfect life. <laughs> I think I have a perfect life. I mean, I live in a nice, uh, I live in Florida, which is fantastic. Right. I have my own practice, re- pretty successful. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I get to take off uh, uh, enough time to enjoy my life. Right. And I'm and I'm I'm even though I find the patients annoying, I'm grateful I have patients right. that come in and want to give me their hard earned money because mm-hmm. I'm not the only dentist out there. They could certainly choose other another dentist as dentists across the street from me. So I'm I'm grateful that they come in and choose me. Right. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, I think. Um, um, I would have to ask you this question. I, I, <laughs> so you got a paper rejection that from a patient where the patient said you should go to hell. Did you post it recently on Marty's blog? Remember a handwritten, a handwritten. Oh yeah. That was weird because we didn't even know who it was. Right. There was no return address. And yeah. <laughs> what did you do? Uh, I mean, how did you handle that? Nothing. I showed it to people in the office and we had a good laugh about it. <laughs> Nothing you could do about that. You know, did, did you did you uh, did you get any uh, negative reviews online or uh, people or uh, patients talking negative about you or yeah. your staff all the time? How yeah, do you... I get negative reviews? I mean, I have uh, mostly positive, but I ignore reviews. And I think dentists uh, spend way too much time worrying about a negative Google review. It doesn't hurt you. I mean, I have mostly good reviews. I have a couple of really horrible reviews, and right. it hasn't affected my practice. I don't ask, I don't ask a patients for reviews. I don't mention their reviews. I did have one lady mm. who, for some reason, only gave me a two star review. Yet, between her and her friends, I probably did about thirty, forty thousand dollars worth of dentistry on them. So, wow. one time I mentioned, I said, you know. If I'm so bad, what are you doing here in the office? And why are you sending me your friends? She goes, well, I'll change it. She never changed it. Uh, I don't care, you know, because I, I, I have hard enough friends money. So <laughs> I, I really, it, I think we obsess too much about negative Google reviews. Although it would be great if as dentists, doctors, all professional, mostly dentists and doctors, if we'd be able to respond without worrying about HIPAA. Mm-hmm. I wish there was a way we could review the patients, you know, because some of these the patients are just crackpots. So why can't we review patients just like they review us? Why can't we say uh, Mrs. Goldberg is a real pain in the neck? She always comes in at the end of the day, always forgets her wallet, 
and it always calls me up later that she's in pain and wants a Vicodin for the yeah. weekend. Why can't we write stuff like that about these patients? So <laughs> when one of these patients comes into our offices, we could look them up online yeah. and see how they are as a patient. That's what I wish we could do. <laughs> well, yeah, I think HIPAA has tied us. And sometimes I kind of joke around in my office and says, you know, my patients have a choice what dentists they go to. Why don't I have a choice which patients I treat? Right. Well, you do. <laughs> there's no way to know in advance. Sometimes, uh, yeah, you know, you don't realize it till. Uh, sometimes you can tell if a patient is going to be a problem mm-hmm. right away. Sometimes you don't really know you, and we all have to make a living. So sometimes we take a chance on somebody. Right. And, right. and sometimes we lose. Yeah. So yeah. just uh, that's just the way it is. Yeah. Thank you. Um, all right. So I think uh, we got to switch gears a little bit here. Um, I did send you these questions, but. Uh, uh, these ideal uh, questions about uh, Tim Ferriss inspired questions, I call them. Uh, I, I love Tim Ferriss, uh, his podcast. So these are the questions which I've, you know, collected over the period of listening to him. Um, uh, and I love these answers because they open up uh, my guests um, and people people know, start to know my guests a little more deeper. Right. Um, <clears throat> so uh, let's start with the first one. Do you have any morning ritual, any best practices, you know, before coming to work, um, you know, or after anything that you do to, to be successful, to be the way you are? Well, I have a morning ritual, but it's not like a ritual. Like, uh, it's not like I've, uh, thought about this for years and developed this special procedure. It's just, I wake up, sure. I, I, I go to the bathroom, I stumble into the kitchen I turn on Fox News, I have a glass of water, I have a banana, some fruit, and I have about three cups of coffee, and I read uh, what's going on in Facebook hmm. and the news, and hmm. I also check my bank accounts. So if you have a morning ritual, that's my morning ritual. Then check. I go take a shower and drive off to work. Okay. Now, checking I mean, bank account. Nothing check. special. It's not like I, I sit in the corner and meditate for 10 minutes and, and visualize having a good day. I just... Uh, Eat, shower, <laughs> go to the bathroom. That's it. Yeah. So, what what's uh, what's about checking your bank account in the morning? Well, I always do that because number one, I've always like to make. I I'm, I like to monitor my money. So, uh, hmm. and 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 so I like to see which checks have cleared, which deposits have gone in, hmm. if there's any fraudulent transactions. That's all. I just okay. like to know where I am every day. I check my. I do my own most. I do most of my deposits myself, and I check my activity in my bank accounts daily. Oh, you mean uh, for the office? So you go and for take the, office the money. And my personal, not so my personal. I, I check maybe once a day. The the office, I'll check two three times a day just to see what's going on. Got it. So uh, I, that's just a personal thing. I like to. Uh, I like to know. Right, right, right. So uh, I'm trying to understand here that uh, you're talking about. The money that your patients pay you, whether it has been cleared or not cleared, what's going on, or whether it's supposed to be followed up. And okay, got it. Yeah, okay. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Um, you know, because sometimes I don't get a credit card deposit because uh, uh, the internet's down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because I have an internet-based uh, terminal, or there's something with the credit card company, or uh, once in a blue moon, a patient check will bounce. Right. So I, I just like to know what's going on with my practice. Mm. That's all. Got it. Makes sense. Um, okay, next. So a lot of dentists are clueless. They don't even have a clue what's 
what's going in and what's going out. They turn it over to their office manager, which to me is total insanity. Hmm. But that's a, that's a personal thing. Right, right. <clears throat> All right. Um, now, uh, next question. The best purchase that you made between $100 to $300 that impacted your life in a positive way, dental life or, uh, you know, whatever, personally. A hundred to three hundred dollars. Yeah. Sheesh. A hundred to three hundred dollars. All right, hold on. I'm thinking. That's a tough one. A hmm. hundred dollars that impacted my life. Uh, I would say um, these uh, the Darby True Speed hand pieces Darby. because uh, they're like a. I, they used to have a special. I don't know if they do this now. They were like, if you bought three, each one was like about $120. And they're very good high-speed hand pieces. Okay. And not, not too expensive. And uh, they have decent torque. And, you know, they're easy to fix. So I guess that would be it. I, I really, 100 to 300, that's a tough one. <laughs> uh, so um, it's okay. The number could go a little plus minus, whatever. But the idea was just to find one more important thing. So Darby high speed hand pieces. I, uh, uh, are they easy to repair? You said, and yeah, yeah. I have a guy from dental fix that, uh, you know, it's a, it's like a, um, a franchise dental repair company. He repairs yeah. them. Okay. And another thing that's under a hundred is, uh, on eBay, I buy these $40 curing lights uh, called woodpeckers. <laughs> those, Wood those are great because before that you had these extremely expensive, uh, yeah. curing lights that god forbid you, you uh, they dropped on the floor you were uh, out of fortune yeah or to change the bulb you had to buy a an expensive bulb and uh, either change it yourself or have uh, your uh, repair guy do it now uh it's 40 bucks if right. it, when it breaks i buy another one for 40 bucks <laughs> exactly or if um, it drops on the floor who cares we laugh about it we toss it in, in the garbage right 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 uh, so that that's another uh, good purchase i made did you uh, did you buy something uh, on Endo handpiece also from there from eBay? No, I, that I buy from Dentsply, the Wave One Gold. That really uh, uh, changed my practice a lot. Yeah, I'm able to do root canals uh, really fast and uh, much better quality than I used to. Okay, so yeah. that's yeah. another. That, that, but that's not a hundred to three hundred. That yes. was expensive. No, I was just saying maybe you found something really good. Uh, a cheap price on on eBay for that too. No, that's why the only thing I, I buy on eBay for cheap is I buy their hand pieces also now. Now actually those Darby hand pieces are my high quality hand pieces. <laughs> I buy these uh, uh, ten dollar uh, hand pieces that when they break I just toss them out. Sure, sure. Maybe, maybe we'll put that. Maybe we'll put those links to hand piece. Yeah, I'm sure people people many people don't know that there's so much stuff that you could buy cheaper. You know. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. I tried to buy um, the Wave 1 Gold files on eBay, but they were like a, a bad knockoff. I actually showed it to the, the Densply rep at the time. Yeah. He said, oh, that's interesting. You mind uh, giving that to me? I said, no, no, no problem. Because I guess he brought it to his his uh, superiors to show them what's going, what's, what's being sold out there. It was a very bad, it was a bad knockoff. If you really look closely, you could tell that it wasn't a Wave 1 Gold file. Sure. So, um, well, uh, I use um, a service online called Edge Endo. Do you know about them? Yeah, they're like, uh, are they good? Are, they're are you good. happy with those? Yeah, I'm happy. I'm Actually, I started my office like uh, in 2016. And uh, 
since then i uh, my friend who has other offices uh he actually side buying them for all the offices uh i mean uh, if you use them religiously in a in a proper fashion they don't break they don't separate uh they're good they are well, online my, uh, wave one golf files i've had a, a lot of uh, breaks uh, mostly at the apex i've been very lucky they break i right um i can i i can send you a link which one you could buy uh if you uh if you it's really the same thing as the wave one gold just cheaper right it's it is same... yes exactly exactly the only thing i don't like about that company is their advertisements they're they're too politically correct i i, I can't stand that you yeah. know that just sell sell you're selling root canal uh, instruments you don't have to give us a a lecture about you know uh same sex couples and and women and hmm. all that stuff okay. have you ever seen those ads that they not make really. Uh, not terrible, really not really okay terrible ads maybe you know stay, uh, stay out of politics uh, when you when you yeah, when you yeah yeah that's why i don't discuss anything on podcast about politics for the same reason you know right anyways uh edgeendo.com they are pretty good um i've uh, been using them for like more than 3 years now all my friends in my office are actually getting we are using their file system for um densply stuff i forgot the name um, your wave one gold yeah. yeah so they're pretty good um so you should try yeah, that i've heard that i've heard that yeah you should try that and the, everything is like online they just deliver to you and you know uh i think you like it you like them okay so uh getting on um now what do people never ask you that you wish they did i don't want anyone to ask me anything to be honest with you i just want to be left alone you know i, I don't i never really thought about that i don't want to be asked anything i'm constantly being constantly being asked questions all day so i try to avoid questions well how come you're I'm, handling me here then <laughs> well I, i'm not, you're i mean you're asking me interesting questions but i really don't have a i never really thought you know like yeah. what would i like to be asked well what i was trying to ask is um like something that you are good at but people don't really uh ask you about it uh when they should have because you're good at and you want to tell that uh but uh nobody asks you because they don't know that aspect of you well i think i'm good with people uh, we were talking to people so maybe they could ask me how how do you deal with people mm. you okay. know or mm-hmm. how do you deal with like a treatment plan acceptance uh, quote unquote i mean uh, maybe they could ask me that but i don't really uh, want to be asked anything i mean i really i just like to go to work and come home i don't want to usually when someone asks you something either they want they want a favor they want money they want you to fix their tooth they want a painkiller yeah. they want to complain so i'm uh, in an ideal world i don't want to be asked anything unless it's like a friend or yeah. my girlfriend uh, asking me do you want to go out to this place for dinner tonight or you want to get together and do this those kind of questions i like yeah but most questions end up inconveniencing me so i really don't <laughs> want to be asked anything uh did you listen to any other podcasts uh, i've listened to podcasts but like i think paul goodman i listened to a couple of his you know dr uh-huh. nacho yeah. the only reason i don't like podcasts is cuz you can't skim ahead to the important things there's no way of knowing what they're talking about like in a video you could kind of jump ahead No you could do that. You could I, I actually... like reading. I like reading the best cuz I yeah. skip through the uh the the parts that aren't important and get to the part that interests me. Right, right. So, Some podcasts actually they tell you at what minute, you know, uh, uh what topic comes up 
So ah. you can, yeah, uh, but you got to read through their website. Usually that's on the show notes section of the podcast. Uh, ah. I do put, uh, but I don't put the timelines, but at least they are in the sequence. So right. maybe uh, you can, you know, skip over. Oh, he's talking about this. So he's talking about that. Maybe it's in the middle, you know, something right. like that. You could do that. Yeah, but that's a good thing. That's a good thing to have because yeah. uh, a lot of the time, uh, you know, they're rambling on about what they had for dinner the night before, <laughs> or you yeah, know, uh, okay. that they're hungover. I mean, uh, it's it's interesting, but you know, it, enough of that already. You could uh, you know get to the, meat. the point. Yeah, get to the meat of the topic. Yeah, I agree. Right, right. So, um, when do you think of a, a person being successful? Who are the two people that comes to mind? Successful people and two. Me, uh, six, the two successful, the, the two people that I admire the most are Sam Walton, the founder of Walmart, and uh, Henry Ford. To me, uh -huh. that those guys were successful because they really understood uh, the consumer yeah. and uh, and how to get things done and sell their product. Hmm. You know, those sure. are my two favorite uh, businessmen. Right. Thank you. Um, so this next question is actually inspired by Dr. Nacho, Paul Goodman. Uh, if you could go back in your career or life and change one decision, what could that be? Well, the only decision I would change is, uh, as I, I mentioned, I might have mentioned in the past, uh, everything was going great in mm -hmm. uh, the mid-90s. And then my ex-wife uh, uh, mm -hmm. decided asked me if I wanted to tear down our house and build a, a big, big, fancy house. Mm -hmm. And that was a terrible decision. So that's the only thing I would go back and change i would i would have not let her build that house okay because that uh, i lost a lot of money on it and it led to our divorce and uh, not that i'm ha i'm i'm good with the divorce i'm not good with the amount of money that was yeah. wasted on that house mm. so that's the only decision i, I everything else I've, i think i've been good with just Great. that one decision mm. but that goes into what i was saying before don't let your family talk you into living uh what they think is a doctor lifestyle just you know, don't live below your means. Got it. Hmm. That's all. So that was the one mistake. Everything else, I think I've done uh, pretty well. Hmm. Nice. What's one of the hardest decisions you had to make over the past one year? Uh, I, I didn't really have any deci hard decisions. I don't really agonize over decisions. Hmm. I mean, I make decisions very quickly, and I don't really agonize over it. I mean, I, I, I did buy an apartment. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess you could say that was a hard decision, but it really wasn't because when I found the place I liked, I knew it right away. Mm. So I really uh, haven't had a hard decision. So, uh, did you, so are your decisions really, how do I put this? I don't want to use the word impulsive, but, oh, I feel this is right and I'm going to do it without thinking about, not, I shouldn't say without thinking, but, you know, uh, without giving much thought about it because you feel that it's right? Uh, is that how you think for most part? Yes, most I, uh, that's being a New Yorker. New, growing up in New York, you, you, you learn to make quick decisions. So right. I don't agonize about my decisions. Hmm. I, I, I'm experienced and I know what I'm doing. And uh, most things I don't have to think about uh, too, too, uh, too hard. I know what to do in pretty much every situation. It's not uh, rocket science what I'm doing. Mm. You, you know, so, mm -hmm. so so uh, I mean, like I said, aside from my divorce, I really haven't had uh, <laughs> to really think about things. And that yeah. was the only time I really had to, um, you know, think 
and, and, and focus on what I was, what, what my strategy was. But other mm. than that, I really don't agonize over decisions. It's a very quick, quick decision on yeah. most things. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. And uh, one more. Uh, if you have a giant billboard, such that you could display a great message or a quote for everyone to follow, of course, not about your podcast or your company or, you know, uh, or your, even your book, what would you like to tell people or the dental word? Uh, it's just teeth. That's my, uh, one of my phrases, you know, it, they're just, just teeth. That's, that's my, uh, that's my, uh, my, my, my quote. What do you mean by that? What yeah. I mean by that is uh, one thing I, 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 I was always, uh, I was brainwashed as a kid that I have to either go become a doctor or a dentist. I chose dentistry because it's, it was the path of least resistance. Right. And the worst thing that happens if you, if you mess up, the patient loses a tooth, you know, they're not losing an eye or or Mm -hmm. an essential organ Mm -hmm. they're not losing their life you know i mean yes dental patients do die but odds are they're going to just lose a tooth right 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 which can be replaced or or they could live without that tooth so that's that's uh that's what i mean by they're just teeth you know are you you hinting that we should not are you hinting at that we should not take it way too seriously the dentistry way too seriously that it impacts you um you know your life or uh you know, is that what you're trying to say by it? It's just, yes, like, yes. Just yeah, because a lot of this stuff is out of our control. You know, like, uh, you know, a lot of these patients, uh, they have, uh, multiple medications, yeah. uh, health histories, mm-hmm. uh, and personal habits, diet. I mean, uh, it's not our fault if the, if our work fails. I mean, uh, cause what I've seen is say you do adequate dentistry, Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the dentistry that lasts are on the patients that have a great diet and home care and come in for their cleanings regularly. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these patients, you know, the, the work deteriorates very quickly. And early on in my career, I thought it was something wrong with me. And right. then I started um, quizzing these patients on what they ate, drank, yeah. their hygiene, yeah. their health histories. I saw that a lot of it's out of my control. Right, right, right. Makes sense. That does make sense. Um, I had this patient, uh, a beautiful lady. Uh, she came with her boyfriend and, uh, you know, and her mouth was a big mess. It was such a big mess that I I said, I'm going to do some of your work for free if your insurance doesn't pay for it. Like, right. I, because, you know what? I just wanted to. I just right. really wanted to. But she was scared at the same time. And then I said, right. what's going on? You know, why do you have so much going on in your mouth? You know, you're pretty all around. And she says, oh, you know what? I drink, uh, I think, two gallons or one gallon, whatever, you know, of soda every day. Right. But she drinks so much soda that I was like, right. she was not even 30. And she was, if that continued, I don't know, if she, because she never came back, I'm sure she would have lost all her teeth. Yeah, I had that. the first time I encountered that was a, was with a kid that came to me as a, as, a, as a young boy with his mom. Right. And then he became a young adult. He, he was always getting decay mm-hmm. and I would do the fillings. And then six months later, they were, there was recurrent decay. And I, and, uh, I thought, well, I, I can't be that bad of a dentist. <laughs> you know, I have my, I mean, I'm not number one, but I'm not the worst. Yep. So we, I asked him what's going on. And he, he drank, he was like a mountain dew addict. Yeah, so yeah. I told him, you're going to lose your teeth. And it turned out he did lose his teeth, but sure. he went to, he went to some place where he had sedation. Yeah. And they put him to sleep, and they pulled all his teeth out, and he has full dentures. 
a young guy in his 20s, right after his parents had spent all this money on uh, on braces. So uh, the whole thing. Yep. And I have another family. The entire family has full dentures. Wow. The, from the children to the parents. Wow. Same thing. Wow. 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 So. It's, it, a lot of this is not our fault. Dentists kind of blame themselves too much. It's mm. not our fault, though, in, in a lot of cases. Yeah, it's just teeth, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, and if the patients don't care, why should we care? <laughs> exactly. <you know? laughs> Thank you. All right, um, last two, but they're kind of important. Uh, do you have a mentor? Uh, do you have a mentor that you follow or who helps you through your journey until right now? Or well, my dad. Uh -huh. my mom mm -hmm. and uh actually the uh the man, the gentleman that i bought my practice from he's given me some good ideas he's uh he graduated a year ahead of me and i ran into him in the in the bahamas yeah when i was on vacation after i moved to florida i ended up buying his practice so he's he's helpful we yeah. actually help each other like he he'll give me advice on things i'll give him advice and we have a very similar philosophy uh -huh. so uh, he, he, i guess he could, he's either a mentor or a, a confidant and then i have another friend who's a specialist and he, he's helped me out with a few things also so i do have people i talk to but mostly my my parents okay got it all right all right um so uh, the next question is a three part question okay three what is part? Yeah, to one too question. Much, too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what is one thing that you're excited about? I am excited in life. Oh. Oh, I'm excited about, uh, I'm excited going home every night from the office. Mm. That's exciting to me. I love uh, leaving and coming home. And uh, I live by the ocean, so I love going for a run. Yeah. Along the ocean, that's exciting. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and did you have any specific uh, uh, goals that you would like to achieve next? You know, you've done something over these years. You've launched a book now. Do you intend to do something more? Something? No, my uh, goal is just to you know keep uh, you know maximizing my practice as best as I can and. Uh, save some money and retire in like uh, eight to 10 years. That That's my goal. Got it. Mm -hmm. um, anything that you've changed your minds on recently? Anything have I changed my mind on? Um, well, yes, with one particular patient. Mm -hmm. uh, I did a full mouth case on her. They're in the, the, the crowns are in with tampon. Okay. And, with, and they're made out of zirconia. And after agreeing on that particular shade, because with her skin color and her age, we she didn't want to go too white, but she wanted it to look nice. And she tells me she wants to change the whole thing. Wow. So the lab tech, uh, the lab tech uh, told me, well, we'll have to start from scratch again. And, uh, you know, and she even though she paid me a lot of money, I wasn't going to go through the, the torture of redoing that case. Okay. So I told her, look, this is what you agreed on. If you want, I'll have him refine them a little bit, polish them, maybe reshape them to look a little bit more feminine, but I'm not redoing that unless okay. you want to pay for it. So that was uh, the only thing I changed my mind on because it's very easy for a, a person like that to intimidate a dentist into redoing it because they gave you a lot of money and you spent mm -hmm. a lot of time with them, but I was going to redo it and then I changed my mind. Okay. So other than that, uh, I haven't really changed my mind too much. How's the, 
how's that patient taking that if you haven't changed the shade like uh, uh well so far she's all right with it she uh you know she's accepted she has the maxillary crowns in there with temporary cement and uh, now we're just uh, when, she, when we come back from the holidays i'm going to send the, the mandibular ones back and we're just going to reshape them a little bit and there's a couple of spots where the occlusion is a little off and there's like a space yeah. between the upper and lower teeth. So she yeah. wants that filled in. So we're going to make some minor adjustments. Okay. And she's uh, seemed to uh, have accepted that. <laughs> Plus, right. uh, I have a, she has a, 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 like around a thousand dollar balance. So I have that to hold over her head, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. She, she's asking me to do all this stuff, but she still owes me a thousand dollars. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll use that as a, as like a coercion if she uh, busts my chops too much. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, what is one thing that you do is absurd or that's funny apart from your modest blog? One thing that you do is absurd or funny. One thing. Yeah. Uh, well, everything I think is absurd and funny because uh, <laughs> dentists do some of the craziest things. Like I said, the one I'm working on for this weekend is, you know, it, it seems like there's a new trend in dentistry. Uh, dentists have woken up on New Year's Day and they're trying to figure out ways they could destroy their practice. So we had two people. <laughs> I told you the one that wants to charge our patients for the credit card fees and the other one that wants to have a four hour meeting where they go over uh, all the protocols and policies in the office. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so I'm, I'm I think that's absurd. Right. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's like it seems like they're trying to sabotage themselves. <laughs> So that's yeah. that's what I find absurd in the dentistry right now. That's yeah. what I know. Thank you. Um <laughs> thank you Dr. Mari. I think it uh thank you for your time. It was it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, you No, it was fun. I had fun. to get a really small email a couple times a month to see what hashtag pod is up to what are we reading what are we listening to what are we doing what's stupid funny entertaining and some weird stuff that we gotten ourselves into then go to podcasts of dentistry.com slash extra e x t r a that's right podcasts of dentistry.com slash extra and you will get a really small email from us to give you that little extra kick and keep you busy exploring the world we travel. You can also find us on Facebook at podcastsofdentistry.com slash Facebook. Thank you for listening. Hashtag POD. And I'll see you inside. <laughs>